Steve and Justin use YCharts for their winning investment research. So start your free trial now. And if you purchase, mention InvestTalk and get a generous discount at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Wednesday, July 10th, 2019, and I'm Steve Peasley. And again, thank you for joining me as you join me every day, Monday through Friday, 4 to 5 Pacific time, <clears throat> and I do appreciate it. And I hope well, I hope you will call me as well with all your investment questions, any questions concerning financial issues I'll talk about. So you can call me right now. So when you do call, of course, you drive the show in the direction you want it to go. And so it's your show. You drive it wherever. As long as it's financial, I'm with you. Uh, and remember, all our, the goal is for the same for all of us, you know, and that is, of course, financial freedom. And, you know, I want to help you get there. Now, remember what that means. It means that you get to a financial point where you have enough money that the money works for you instead of you working for it. In other words, you make money on your money, and that's what you live on. And you want to, depending on how comfortable the living you want, depends how much money you need and, of course, your lifestyle. You've got to figure that out. And you can do it. That's not a hard thing to figure out. It really isn't. And today, in this time, I'm going to do my best to get you there, but you've got to help me with your calls. Or anytime listener line number is open, and it is live at 888-99-CHART. My main talking point today concerns this observation. Healthcare is one of the stock market's healthiest sectors. Did you just notice that this year? Healthcare. Earnings growth for large U.S. companies is expected to slow to a crawl in this earnings season uh, and for the rest of the year. But the healthcare sector is seen as the, as the exception. I'm going to break it down for you. <clears throat> I've got some other interesting things to talk about, too. For instance, J.P. Morgan, their top strategist, has some predictions for the stock market. Now, I find predictions to be extremely difficult, but let's go with it. It's J.P. Morgan, and it's their top strategist, so we'll talk about that, see what he says. Amazon Prime Day is approaching July 15th and 16th, so what should you not buy on that day? And, of course, the Fed met this morning, this morning, this afternoon, wherever you are. Um, and what did they say? What are they doing? What's happening? So those are the things we're going to talk about unless you want to talk about something else. I'll be happy to talk about it. The market was up today. The Dow is up 77, the Nasdaq up 61, and the S&P up 13. A couple of those, uh, those indexes are breaking their old highs, not with a lot of gusto, but they are crawling up. And just as a historical point of view, the mark, the, a bull market crawls up a wall of worry. doesn't fall. Now, don't expect it to stay there. I, I expect we'll have some volatility, some down volatility here. But, you know, certain things can happen to keep driving it up. So we're going to see. So again, the market was up um, across the board today on the main indices. So what do you guys want to talk about? You can call me right now. Uh, that's, you know, I go wherever you wanted to go. So give me a call. Your questions on, on any time this line is the same 888-99-CHART. Here's a call that came in earlier. 
Hi, Stephen Justin. My name is Colin, and I'm from New Hampshire, age 23, and I just have a quick question regarding investing. I have about $100,000 in student loan debt at 4.83%, paying double payments at about $2,500 a month. I'm scared that I'm going to miss out on some gains in the stock market. Currently, I'm saving about $600 a month to my 401k and Roth and brokerage combined. Should I be paying more towards my loan, or should I save and invest more because of fear of missing out? Thank you. Love the show. Now, that's a very good question because it's tough and because it's making 4.3, four and a three quarters of a rate on that money, and he's making double payments to try to get rid of that debt, which is a very laudable goal. You want to get rid of that, and I totally agree with them to pay extra would be good. But maybe you don't have to make a whole double payment because I want you to get into the market you know, as much as you can. I want you, I would like to see you max out your 401k if you could. So I would probably increase that, you know, and get tax de- de- deferred uh, uh, money growing for you. So I'd probably increase my 401k contribution and cut a little bit down on the, on the, um, on the student loan. I still pay extra. I, I do like that thinking. I think that's very good thinking, but don't maybe not double it. Maybe 50% increase and put the other 50% toward the 401k. I really would do that. I think that's a good good use of your money. And you're young. If you start young investing, you'll, you'll do very, very well over time. You will. Listen to Invest Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, and we're ready. We're already in July, of course. I mean, here it is the 10th. Uh, and then, of course, we're already in the second half of the year. You saw what happened today. The market's going to go up, but don't forget, they can also come down. We've seen a lot of volatility since uh, late last year and into all this year. So, you're going to continue to see it in the summer. So, remember, I encourage you to have a good strategy in place. And just make sure you understand you're going to have market volatility. And use it to your advantage. Balance your portfolio. Buy when the market's down. Use it. Anyways, give me a call here at KPP Financial. And be sure to mark your calendar. I will be returning to San Jose on July 31st, three weeks from today. Appointments are limited. It's starting to fill up, everybody. So register early if you can at investtalk.com. And now taking your questions live, give me a call, 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, and now more than ever, you need unbiased investing guidance, right? If you live anywhere in Northern California, you should register to meet in person with Steve Peasley in San Jose on July 31st. But for now, Steve is here taking your calls live. Step up with your questions, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. So, what happened today? Of course, the markets obviously liked what Fed Chairman Powell said, his comments on the economy and interest rates, because he was kind of, uh, you know, um, hinting that, you know, maybe we'll lower rates. We're watching it very carefully. The economy has definitely clearly slowed, and, you know, there may be. So, so the market took it as he's going to lower rates in late July when they meet. So the market liked that. The Dow is at 26,968. 
near its all-time high. It's the one, the one of the indexes not quite there, I think. The S&P 500 hit an all-time high at 3,000. NASDAQ hit an all-time high at 8,217. Oil, $59, $59 a barrel. Not that bad. Um, 9.4 million barrels have been taken out of storage. Supplies of oil came down by 8 million barrels, and there's a large storm on the Gulf of Mexico approaching oil rigs that might push up temporarily price of oil. Gasoline, two seventy-five, $2.75 per gallon in most places, but of course in California it's at least a dollar higher. Yippee for us, huh? <laughs> Amazon broke the $2,000 per share barrier today. Wow. Good for them. Here's a staggering statistics about Amazon. Some health, personal care, and beauty products on Amazon reached $16 billion in sales. Sales of health, personal care, and beauty products. $16 billion in 2018. An increase of nearly 38% from the year before. They sell quite a bit of that stuff. And now there's another piece of evidence that shows Amazon is a dangerous competitor. Amazon will push further into the beauty sector. Highly popular pop singer Lady Gaga has worked a deal with Amazon. The online giant will offer Lady Gaga beauty kits. Lady Gaga beauty kits that will consist of items like lip gloss, lip liner, and overall color, whatever that means. I don't know. My wife doesn't wear much makeup, so I don't know what all that means. <laughs> I have nieces and nephews. I should probably ask them nieces anyways. <laughs> Even though maybe some of my nephews wear this stuff too. I don't know. Airbus surpassed Boeing as the world's largest plane builder. Boeing sales have taken a big hit because of that 737 MAX 8 crisis mess. It's dropping 37% in the second quarter. Boeing's market cap is down about $50 billion. $50 billion. No doubt on concerns about the software flaws in the MAX 8 and that grounded jet there. In today's environment where consumers can access lots of information with few clicks, having a brand problem like with the MAX 8 jet is very damaging. I mean, everybody knows instantly about problems <clears throat> with your brand. So you got to be really, really careful with it. You got to treat that brand carefully. So, a damaged brand like the Boeing Max has, like a Max Eight, is likely to cause customers to look elsewhere when they can check to see what plane they're flying in. Even when it comes back online, it could be damaged. So, you got to be really careful. Boeing did get a bit of good news, though. The Middle East country, Qatar, Qatar, will go ahead with a large Boeing transaction. Of including five Boeing 777 freighters, the value of the deal is $2 billion. $2 billion. So don't think Boeing's going away. It's not. It's not. There's only two major airlines in the world, airline manufacturers in the world, and that's Boeing and Airbus. So, and Airbus has the backing of a bunch of countries, European countries, that support it. So, you know, Boeing, of course, has us to support it, U.S., so that, that's the countervailing balancing going on. They're supposed to, both companies are supposed to be, you know, in the market competing with each other, but they got, you know, governments backing them. Streaming is becoming crowded and content is growing ever more expensive. The Office and Friends 
are in the two most highly watched comedy programs on Netflix. Did you know that? And those programs will be pulled off the channel. On Tuesday, Warner Media announced its new streaming service, HBO Max, will have exclusive rights to Friends, shipping it from the uh, Netflix library. This move follows NBC Universal's announcement in June that it will remove The Office from the Netflix and put it on its own streaming service. And you know, earlier, Disney is pulling movies and things from Netflix because they're going to have their own streaming service. So Netflix needs to have more content. Needs more content. So they, yeah, it's going to be a tough, tough future for them for Netflix. I, I still think they'll be successful, and I think they'll be very successful because they're producing great content. But they're losing content to other. Well, why is the other other country other companies streaming because of Netflix is so successful? So that's what's happening. They're being attacked, Netflix being attacked by others because they want to get in that same business. And that's true for all industry. And that makes for a very healthy, free economic system. I mean, competition. You want, you need to have lots of competition. It drives prices down. It's good for the consumers. It gives consumers choice. And it keeps uh, keeps these companies from getting too big and bloated, and and then they control the markets and charge whatever they want. I love competition. So, if we move fast, we can squeeze in a caller question from our eight 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 ninety nine chart number. Let's go ahead. Hey, Steve or Justin, this is Son calling from New York City. Uh, first time caller. I've been listening to you guys since March, and just been enjoying everything I've been hearing from you guys. My question is about. C-O-T-Y. It recently dropped by 13%, 14%. And I just want to know if this is a if this is a stock to buy eventually. I don't want to catch a falling knife, but just looking to hear your opinion on it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, Cody. Cody is a manufacturer of fragrances, color cosmetics, sign, body hair products, and sold in over 150 countries. Uh... The problem they're having is the sales have been slowing in the last three quarters, down 10%, 5%, 9%. And and we're looking at a $0.69 cent sh- per share earnings next year, and it's $11 stock. So that's around 20 PE, and that's not cheap. So I don't know what happened. And one day it went from 1350 down to 1150 which is you know a good drop. Uh, I'm not sure. I'd have to look up what happened. Something happened there. Maybe I can get to it during the break here. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And we and we present this program with five new shows each week, everybody. Give me a call at 888-99-CHART. Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck because Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Okay, before the break, I, um, we were talking about Cody and, um, 
you know, I got pushed to time-wise, so I wanted to expand a little bit uh, for you. Cody, which is the uh, manufacturer of fragrance, color, cosmetics, skin, body, and the caller wanted to know why it fell so much, and is it a good time to buy? It fell from 1350 down to 1150 when it announced a restructuring plan, and the restructuring plan was disappointing to investors and analysts, and that's why it fell that day. $600 million restructuring plan. It's an $84 billion company. And sales have been falling, and they they try to uh, they're trying to rebrand themselves and streamline a little bit, and that just wasn't enough to make everybody happy. So the, the stock fell. Now at eleven dollars and fifty cents a share, you know that's not a bad price if it makes the sixty nine cents a share next year. But last year it made sixty nine cents, and two three years ago it made a dollar thirty seven per share. So that you know, it's not. I, I'm. I would probably stay away from it. I'd be. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be interested in it at this point. You're listening to Invest Talk, everybody, and I do really appreciate you calling. And and I'm Steve Peasley, and of course, you know we do do this show every day, and I love to hear your questions. Anything financial, we'll talk about. My main talking point today: healthcare is one of the stock market's healthiest sector. Well. The problem is, is it's one of the few, there are very few uh, sectors that are healthy. You know, there's 11 sectors total, right, in the S&P 500. And only a couple of them have earnings growth. Most of them won't. Okay, the overall market for the S&P 500 weighted aggregate earnings per share this year is supposed to go up 2.2%. 2.2%, very low. But most of that is just in a couple of financials, healthcare, and industrials. Mostly in healthcare and financials so far. That's where it's coming from. All the other sectors stink as far as earnings. So how how's that going to affect the market? I don't know if everybody's realized how unhealthy earnings per share outlook is. Even... even in the financials, why they're so good? They've been buying back more and more of their shares. Their earnings per share numbers go up, but the overall earnings aren't doing that well. And overall, so you want to concentrate on sales growth. How are the sales growth? Are they increasing dramatically? Because from sales, you derive earnings. And that's, you know, that's where you should be focusing your attention. You always want the earnings to go up. But you got to be careful how those earnings go up because stock buybacks can't last forever. So just be very, very careful when you're analyzing your stocks. I'm not saying to get out of stocks because earnings are going to be so weak. You know, eventually earnings will turn around. I'm just saying that sales and earnings aren't doing so good. I mean, earnings are going to look pretty bad. Remember, we're going to come starting next week. Earnings uh, season is going to get really hot and heavy. And they're going to, you know, that's going to, I have a feeling that plus the end of the month meeting with the Fed is going to make this market pretty volatile. Now, it could be volatile up or volatile down, but I'm suspecting volatile down. If the Federal Reserve does not lower interest rates in late July, I expect the market to fall hard. You know, not collapse, but, you know, 5%, 9%, 12%, somewhere in that range. If they raise rate, I mean, if they just leave rates this alone, that's what's going to happen. Even if they lower them by a quarter point, I don't know if that will boost the market because it's already expected. Everybody thinks that they should be doing that. 
It's if they don't, but it's the fear. Car sales are down 2.2% for the first half of this year compared to 2018. Not up, down. 40 47% of the new vehicle market goes to SUVs, sport utility vehicles, because big hits with Americans looking for roomier rides, prompting automakers to roll out a range of models of different sizes and price points. Americans love their big cars and trucks. But now sales of large SUVs are declining, and they're kind of stacking up on the dealer lots. The big SUVs, this will soon lead to deflated prices. It certainly should lead to deflated prices. Okay, uh, so, you know, I don't know. Some dealers are offering uh, subprime car loans, subprime car loans, people who with no no credit record or perhaps a bad credit history are forced to turn to subprime car loans or so-called rent-to-own car loans. My advice is to pay cash for your car. Save up your money. Pay cash. Save up your money. Put a huge down payment. But if you need a car now and are cash poor, you might have to go with subprime lenders if you don't have great credit or no credit. You know, subprime lenders check your, your credit and report uh, loans and on-time payments to the credit bureaus, which gives you a chance to improve or build your credit history. I'm talking to my nieces and nephews about credit and how, how important it is to them that they need it, but they don't need to put on credit card debt. You don't need to do that to build good credit. The company now known as Amazon originally had a different name. Do you know what that name was? What was Amazon's name before Amazon? I'll have the answer next. But for now, I'm Steve Pisa. I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART. To win, all effective investors use a process. And listeners call InvestTalk every day asking to share our winning process. And they too can win using the right analytical tools. Just what do we use as our everyday go-to research tool? YCharts. It's a cloud-based financial research platform. It is indispensable. YCharts has the powerful tools of a terminal combined with the ease of use of a modern website. We use YCharts every day. YCharts is easy to navigate, visually awesome, and informative. YCharts has filters driven by thousands of metrics, Excel integration, and data visualization to create charts that compare stocks, funds, indices, and more. If you're a serious investor, you'll understand that the precision functionality in YCharts is not free. But YChart has more horsepower and by far better data and filters compared to a giveaway tools from Yahoo or Google. YCharts is a fraction of the cost of something like Bluebird Terminal. And now our listeners can try YCharts for free. You just heard Steve and Justin endorse YCharts. It's the lightning-fast research, data filter, and charting tool they use every day for their investment portfolios. Think about it. Steve is right. Free software cannot come close to the power, speed, ease of use, and practical functionality of YCharts. And serious investors understand that YCharts can pay for itself with just one or two targeted investment selections. So here's your chance to take advantage of a free trial and a generous YCharts discount. Start by mentioning InvestTalk when you go to YCharts.com. Get serious. Get YCharts. 
This is Invest Talk, the radio program and podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom. You may be a regular listener, you may even have called a few times, but if you've never called, what are you waiting for? The phone lines are open, and Steve and Justin would love to hear your questions right now. Call 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Now, before the break, I asked this question. The company now known as Amazon originally had a different name. Do you know what that name was? Well... Here's the answer. In July of 1994, the name that Amazon founder Jeff Bezos originally selected for, selected for his company was Caldabra. Cadabra. Cadabra. Probably as in the phrase Alacadabra. Today, 25 years later, Amazon is a worldwide phenomenon with over 100 million Prime subscribers in the U.S. alone. I wonder why he changed the name. He also considered a third name. Bezos still owns and actively maintains that third web domain registration. And today, today, if you type that alternative name in a web browser, it redirects you to Amazon.com. What is the third name? Relentless.com. Relentless.com. So I wonder why, yeah, I wonder what happened to get the Amazon name versus Kadabra or, or Relentless. I wonder what happened. That would be that'd be an interesting story, I think. We had a call come in earlier at our 24-hour, seven days a week, anytime listener line number. 888-99-CHART is the number. Hi, Steve. My name is Steve from Massachusetts. First, I want to say thanks for all you do. I've been listening to your podcast since the beginning of the year, and I really enjoy it. I'm trying to you know, make the most out of my mutual funds and my 401k investments. And the question I have is regarding how high is high when it comes to this market. When I look at the charts, you know, I feel good when I look at where we are three, six months. But when I click on all and I see that incredible ramp up and that double top we've hit, it starts to make me nervous about how high can we go and when is this going to end. And I also wanted to ask around a defense strategy, what do you think about municipal bonds in my funds? Thank you, and I'll listen to your answer on the podcast. Well, bonds are a good defensive strategy against a stock market downturn. Will the stock market, you're right, if you look at a longer, long-term chart, you'll see the big run-up from the market, especially from 2009, the last recession, uh, uh, and up until last year, and then it started to pause, and now we're back there at the top again. And so the market looks like it's hesitating at these tops. And the good defensive strategy is buying bonds because if the market does top and the economy does slow, the Fed is already talking about lowering interest rates and that will be beneficial to bonds, bond prices. You buy them now. You know, you also could hedge by cash. You could hedge by shorting. You could hedge by doing uh, getting precious metals or getting some uncorrelated assets, in other words, uncorrelated to the stock market. They move differently than stock market. You know, then um, there's a number of them out there. Uh, real estate, uh, currencies, precious metals. You know, so there's things you could do that are not correlated with the stock market, and that is a good way to also diversify your portfolio. 
Okay, but those are good questions and you're thinking clearly. I like that. Looking back, don't think the market, don't get all excited because the market's been going up so much. Yeah, I know. I like it. Okay, great. But, but there's points where it won't. We've been in a very long-term secular bear, bull market. Secular bear markets last nine years at the minimum, 18 years on uh, uh, 18 years on on the uh, maximum, and we're what 10, 11 years into this one. So then we have long-term secular bear markets. Doesn't mean there's not big moves up and down, bear and bull moves inside those things, but you know we're still in that secular bull market phase. Well, it could last a number of years more. I'm not trying to scare you. There's nothing to be scared of. I just I just want you to be realistic in your expectations. That's all. Okay. I'm Steve Peasley, and you're listening to Invest Talk, everybody. So I think it is safe to assume that you're pretty serious if you're listening to this show about your investments. You want to grow your wealth. Well, doesn't everybody? I do. I still, you know, it doesn't matter. Warren Buffett wants to grow his wealth and look how rich he is. doesn't matter how much you want money you have. You still want to grow it. It's fun to grow the money. You know, it's also necessary for 99% of us. So you really have to understand, you know, the what, what your personal perception of fear and greed is how much you know how much risk are you willing to take you know and of course we do have that free online tool that you could use at investtalk.com you know so the we call it it's called riskalyze and it's a short questionnaire to try to judge your risk i know that a number of people start to fill it out and then they stop it's not very long i mean it's just a few questions and how i know that they stopped is because we don't get a risk score <sighs> They, you know, I can see that they put in the, the start answering the questions, but they don't finish them. There's like three to five questions, so I'm not sure what the hesitation is. So I really, you know, just finished it out, and then the, the report will come to me. Check it out. It's free. You can calibrate your personal risk tolerance by doing it. Our number is eight 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 ninety nine chart. So give me a call. I'm ready for your questions. Eight eight eight. Nine nine two four two seven eight. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where they describe their services as independent thinking, shared success. And KPP principal and Invest Talk host Steve Peasley is pleased to announce that he will be returning to San Jose, California, on July thirty first to conduct his no cost wealth building portfolio review consultations. If you're a serious investor, and if you live anywhere in Northern California, you should make plans now to sit down in person with Steve. He can review your portfolio and show you how to optimize its performance so you can achieve financial freedom. Appointments are limited, so don't delay. Wednesday, July 31st, Steve Peasley returns to San Jose. Register now at investtalk.com. The phone lines are open and your calls are welcome. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. So let's talk about JP Morgan's. Their top strategist says he's trying to he's predicting the market. 
He says that a China deal is worth about 800 points on the S&P 500. How he comes up with that, I have no idea. Maybe he has a Ouija board or a crystal ball that I don't have. But that's what he said. If we get a rate cut plus the China deal, he thinks it's going to get it's worth about eight hundred dollars, eight hundred points on the S and P five hundred. Okay, he says the market will fall or slide sixteen to seventeen percent if tensions escalate on the China deal and there's no China deal. Mm-hmm. How does he know that? What? I love it when they have these predictions. It's impossible, everybody, to predict where the market's going to go. You can look at history and say, okay, the, and you know, the chances are strong that the market will return you know, 10% plus adding in the dividends, 10% a year, 8 to 12%, somewhere in there, a year for the next umpteen years, because that's what it's done in the last 100 years. But you're still guessing. Now, you're using, you know, history as your guideline, and it might be a pretty good guess. But how this guy is coming up with these numbers, I'm not buying it. I don't care how smart he is at J.P. Morgan. I've been around too long to know that these experts are mostly wrong. Mostly wrong. And what happens, this is what they do. So, he's predicting these numbers, right? Three months from now, four months from now, he'll predict something else that's different. And he'll keep doing that for the next umpteen years and probably has done it for the last umpteen years. And eventually, one of those predictions will become true because he's all over the board with them. And he'll say, see, back two years ago, I said, blah, 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 blah. Oh, look how smart I am. Watch out for that. I mean, it's very frustrating because it took me a while to figure this out. Well, how come these guys say these things? How come I didn't do, you know, why am I not that smart? Yeah, and they're, they're not. They're not. <laughs> there are good analysts out there. Don't don't misunderstand me. There are, but mass mass massive amounts of them are not. The vast majority. Now, well, Boeing has been in the news quite a bit, you know. And sure enough, one of our listeners called in earlier with a Boeing question. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. Hey, Steve and uh, Justin, this is Bill in Texas. Got a question on Boeing Company, uh, symbol BA. Uh, took a position back in February, uh, down about 12%. Seems like the news is just keeps getting worse and worse. Just your thoughts, should I keep it? I'm in it for the long term. I'm even looking potentially to, to add to the position uh, as it falls back. So I'd just like uh, your thoughts uh, on Boeing. Thank you. Enjoy the show. Now, if the estimates are right for Boeing in 2020, the P.E. ratio is going to be around 15 or so. And the five-year range is 14 to 29. So I don't think it's a bad price for Boeing here. Yeah, it's got problems. Yeah, it's got to overcome them problems. And it's going to take time to overcome them. But Boeing's a $352 stock going to make $22.67 a share next year. This year, their earnings are going to go down 11% to $14.26. So if they have a big turnaround as they expect in 2020, and they're probably expecting the MAX 8 to be sold and be approved again, which we don't know. But long-term, if you're a long-term investor, they pay a 2.3% dividend. I think Boeing is a pretty good bet. I'm not big on airplanes, airplane airlines. And any of the airplane business is just not my favorite sector. 
because so many things can influence it. The price of uh, price of airplane fuel, uh, lots of unions, planes are really expensive. But you know, there's only two airline makers in the world, basically, and that's Boeing and Airbus. So it's not a bad company. I think it's a great company, but they have their short-term problems. I think it might. You know, I'd really love to see it get below three hundred dollars or around three hundred dollars and buy it there. That would be my ideal price. Anyways, IBM has closed its thirty-four billion acquisition of Red Hat. Thirty-four billion dollars. Now, the acquisition of Red Hat, an open-source enterprise software maker, marks the close of IBM's largest ever deal. The acquisition was originally announced in October when the company said IBM would buy all shares in Red Hat for cash at $190 each. That is a huge buy. I, I always a little bit concerned with those big. I mean, look if you look at IBM, remember this was a hundred and what was it, 190, what was it, 34 billion dollars total, uh, and IBM's market cap is 124. So what was that about 27 percent, 25, 27 percent? Uh, of their whole business now is Mark, is Red Hat. And that's a big, big purchase. And it's hard to, you know, it's hard to combine those two, that's those two sides of companies together to make it. It takes time. And they always are optimistic. But I kind of like IBM because of the dividend, 4.5%. 4, 4.5% is pretty good. And the PE is quite low. Uh, you know, Boeing's going to make $14.15 next year, and it's a $140 stock, so that's a 10 PE. So it's not bad, but they haven't grown a while, and that's their sales have been kind of stagnant, up and down, and very low single digits. Maybe that's why they bought Red Hat you know, for that deal. Amazon Prime Day is coming up, everybody, July 15th and 16th. Last year caused Amazon's website to crash. Did you remember that? They call it, cause it to crash. So what do you not buy on Amazon? What are the deals that are no good that you can get better deals other and other kinds of ways? The best deals for Amazon Prime Day is their, their, their products. Echo, Kindle, the Kindle tablets, Echo that soft, you know, the machine, the lady in your man or lady in your machine that tells you, to, you can tell it, turn on and off lights and the TV and all that stuff. Those are your best deals, Amazon's own products. But don't buy game consoles. And you won't get any deals on Apple or Microsoft products. You won't get any very good deals. So don't buy any of those on Amazon Prime Day. And back to school, even though they do have sales on back to school items, it's too early. You can get better deals later in the summer. And do not buy a big TV either. Big TVs, you know, big screen TVs. Don't bother on Amazon Prime Day to buy those things. So again, you get the best deals on their own products. You know, if you want to buy a tablet or Echo, and those are the best deals. Amazon's own devices. Um, but let's hope that they don't crash this year like they did last year. So their whole the whole thing shut down. And you know, I mentioned yesterday, you know, Walmart and Target and everybody else is coming after Amazon. They're having even their big deals 
you know, to try to compete on Amazon Amazon Prime deal days, and their their day their their sales are one or two days longer. <laughs> so they're trying to take some thunder away from Amazon, which is pretty hard to do. Amazon's you know, it's a very tough competitor. This is Invest Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here, one only, and that's to help you achieve financial freedom. We all want financial freedom. We all want to get there, and I want to help you. So our work continues after this break. So get your questions in now, 888-99-CHART. On the next Invest Talk. Banks should shine among S&P 500 stocks this earnings season, or so say the analysts. But are they correct? That story tomorrow. But now Steve is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Basil in Connecticut. How are you doing, Basil? Doing very well, Steve. Thank you. Thank you for the I'm call. I'm calling about a calling about a recent IPO Slack. The symbol is work, and I was just wondering what your thoughts were on this stock. Okay. Whether it's now, uh, general, what a good buy point would be. Okay. Uh, generally, it's never a good idea to buy an IPO. Uh, for at least six months after it comes out. And the reason being is, uh, after six months, insiders are able to sell their stock, and they usually put downward pressure on the, on the stock. Now, this is Slack Technologies, W-O-R-K is the symbol, operates as a business technology software platform in the United States and internationally. So, operates as a business technology software platform. Uh, the company loses money. It's never made money. It's going to lose money this year, 42 cents a share. It's, I'm sorry, this year it's going to lose 26 cents a share. Next year, 42 cents a share. And the year after that, it's going to lose 21 cents a share. Sales are growing fairly fast, uh, but they're at, they're not, they're, they're just at 130 million per quarter. Uh, but they're growing, you know, 60, 70%. You know, they were growing 100%. It's slowed down a little bit. And, but it's a $17.7 billion company. That's a very high valuation for a company with only 100 to 120 million in quarterly sales. Super expensive. But you asked for a buy point. I wouldn't buy it because it's not making money. You know me. My rule is don't, don't buy any company that doesn't make money. Um, it's very hard on, on, on a buy point because it, it's been around so little. I mean, it came out, what, in June? I mean, that's, so there's not much, you know, from a charting point of view that gives you buy points, you know, kind of ebb and flow of the stock price. Uh, it's hard to know if this, you know, where the, where, where there's support, there isn't any. So it's almost impossible to tell you where a good buy point is. I, 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 I'm just guessing that would be a pure guess. So, because there's no history that I can kind of base it well, it's gone here before and it did well. So, I'm going to say I can't give you a buy point on this stock. I would wait at least six months before I buy them. Sorry, I couldn't help you with that, Basil. Thanks for the call, though, and thanks for listening. I appreciate it. I really do. Remember, IPOs are tough, people. 
Uh, you don't get, you can't get the, at the IPO price. Uh, you and I can't do it. Uh, and if it's a good IPO, you know, you'll if you ever get one offered to you at the IPO price, that means it's not a good IPO because the big institutions get all the shares at the IPO prices on good IPOs. Okay, I was looking at various charts this morning, and I was looking at um, what stocks or what sectors do and what part of economic cycle. I'm going to go over this in our Investock Academy tomorrow. I have a class at 9 o'clock for everybody. Uh, and and it's you're getting a conf, conflicted viewpoint. For instance, gold is doing well. Technology is doing well. Utilities are doing well. But usually gold, technology doesn't do well when te- utilities do well. They don't, that doesn't go, you know, at the same time. So there's some very unusual gyrations going on in the market right now for this, this year. But I, I, and so I'm trying to determine, we're all trying to determine, are we late in the economic cycle? And we can tell that we are simply by the fact that interest rates are now thinking about coming, uh, you know, Fed is thinking about lowering them. They're talking about, they know that the economy has slowed, slowed, still growing, but slowed on its growth. So we're in that part where if is it come is the economy slowing for this next leg up the economy will continue to grow or is it slowing toward a recession now no one knows there is no knowing what's going to happen uh, and a recession typically is defined as two quarters in a row with shrinking gdp but we are in an earnings recession corporate earnings recession we had shrinking growth of two quarters in a row, and this third, this one is probably the third. Mm-hmm. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Invest Talk program. And I thank you for your support, your calls, your questions. Justin will be here tomorrow. I'll be back Friday with highlights from the KPP Premium Newsletter. So I'll see you then. Good night, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.